Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, hey, Renee. Hey, Miss Tam. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What a fantastic weekend we had. I know it's fantastic because you're a Cowboys one. (laughs) How about them boys? (laughs) How about them Cowboys? That's all that matters. Hey, listen. Look, I love NASCAR just as much as you do and just as much as as the next NASCAR fan. But you know what? When it comes to football, Tam, it's all about the Cowboys. (laughs) It's interesting because I was like, why is NASCAR running on a Saturday? I actually, it just slipped my mind. And I was like, oh, because it's football season, baby. (laughs) Yeah, you better know it. And you know what? When football season is in effect, uh, you know, everything else takes takes second place after that because nothing else matters than the NFL. And that's just the way it is, Tam. You know that. Well, that's for you. But us NASCAR fans, nothing else matters but NASCAR. Yeah, that's right. Well, I would ask how was your weekend, but I already know it was most excellent because them boys won. Exactly. As for my weekend, I am back in Los Angeles. I'm leaving, though, to go to Las Vegas to drive some Chevrolets. Oh, wow. Nice. Very nice. And to drive some ATVs in the desert. But for now, I'm in Los Angeles. Weekend was pretty cool. I pretty much stayed close to home. I went to an event, I believe, on Friday morning. Which was pretty interesting. It was um guess the clothing line. They did an event with um it was like a co sponsored event. That was pretty cool. It was at ten AM. Got there at ten o'clock and they awesome. were serving tacos. How about that? Very nice. <laughs> I think that's a California thing. But aside from that, everything was A OK. With that being said, I guess I'll give you guys the rundown of what we're gonna talk about today before we jump into some NASCAR talk. Before I forget, the most important thing, if you have not already, please make sure to subscribe to the show. You can hit us up on iTunes and subscribe that way. If you're on an Apple device, if you're on an Android device, you can find us on Google Play. We're also on Stitcher as well as SoundCloud. And of course, we're across all social media at Turns No Breaks. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Turns No Breaks. So the rundown of the show today will be like this. We're going to go into Richmond and all that happened, all the crazy, bizarre things that took place. Yeah, we're going to talk about the ambulance situation. Got to talk about that. Yes, we're going to give you that top 10. And I said that top 10. We're going to cover who's in the playoffs. Not much has changed. We already knew 13 drivers were locked into the playoffs. So we'll just kind of go over the 16 who are in. And believe it or not, we had three drivers that got in without a win, which was, I guess, pretty good. We are going to talk about those drivers who did not get in because it was the last race of the regular season. And we haven't given you an update on our Fantastic Four and Three Amigos in a while. We're going to talk about them. We're also going to talk about my man, my quiet assassin, Matt Kenseth, and what's the future holding for him. You know the drill. 
Renee's going to give you a Dell Jr. update. And of course, there's a lot to talk about with Dell Jr. And in, in terms of what's going on in NASCAR, and that's usually like one of our last segments, we're going to talk about NASCAR sponsor issue. And yes, there is an issue. Bubba Wallace and Smithfield, their comments are supposedly, or I guess I don't even know because it wasn't necessarily a comment at this point, it's hearsay. But there are some rumblings that they don't want to sponsor Bubba Wallace if he drives to number 43 for Richard Petty. Of course, we already know Daniel Suarez has his issues with Subway. And then Danica sponsored her own car this week. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to close the show with our fan comment of the week and some predictions. Predictions! Hopefully you guys will listen to the show. And stay all the way to the end because when we get to the end, that's when it gets good. We're like fine wine, baby. We age with time. Yeah, that's right. So I let's guess go ahead like and jump on right whiskey. into it. Renee, I think we're like fine whiskey as well because whiskey ages with time. I yes, that is very correct. That's that's true. I, I think you learned a lot at the uh, Jack Daniels plant over there that you were at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of Jack Daniels, I got a package in the mail yesterday. Well, not yesterday. Well, I guess it was Friday when I picked up the package. So when you guys listen to this, that's why it was like night yesterday, because I don't know when you guys are going to listen. But I got a package in the mail of Jack Daniels. I got Jack Daniels hat, t-shirt, some miniature bottles, and I got a big bottle of rye Jack Daniel whiskey. Okay, so let's jump into Richmond and the recap. We already know Kyle Larson. I won't say he pulled off the impossible, but it was just crazy and bizarre how that ended. Well, it was a lot of drama with Richmond. Yeah, there was. And let's call it what it is, Tam. Kyle Larson was at the right place at the right time. And that's racing. That's the name of the game. All you got to do is cross the finish line, get the checkered flag. And that's what he did. And I mean, now, did he need the win? No, but it's always nice to get the win. I don't. You know what? These guys, and, and this is the crazy thing, Tam. These guys like Kyle Larson or Martin Truex or whoever it is, here are, are some drivers who don't necessarily need the win, but it's always nice to get the win, regardless of what the circumstances are. With that being said, you know, congratulations to Kyle Larson and his team. They were at the right place at the right time and they pulled it out. And it was his team that helped him because on that last caution, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that quick pit stop and him getting out the pit before anybody else, he wouldn't even been in a position to win. Exactly. Of course, we know Denny Hamlin, I don't care how you look at it. He pretty much spent Martin Truex out. Like, let's just call it this, what it call it for what it is. He spent them out. You know, it was a little bump and run that happened towards the end. And Martin Truex Jr. was pissed. We never see Martin Truex Jr. that upset but it was written all over his face no matter what he wanted to do if he wanted to hide it he couldn't because it was clear (laughs) he was upset you ain't lying tim i mean right after it and and then he was doing the interview uh right after the raise he was like well you know what that tonight just sucked when you're caught in the moment and you just say what's on your mind I believed him. And he's right. It did suck for him, not for Kyle Larson, but it, it did suck for him. The last caution, that's the last thing Truex wanted to, wanted to have was a last minute caution. You know, he didn't want that, but it happened. I mean, there was some bizarre things that just happened at Richmond. 
Whether it was the ambulance. Okay. And at this point, you already know, our listeners, you are aware of the ambulance that was blocking pit road. Have you ever seen anything more bizarre than that? I don't know if I've ever seen anything more bizarre than that. I, I mean, at least as far as like with that kind of situation. And you know what? If our listeners have anything that they've ever remotely seen more bizarre than that, I'd love to hear from them because you're watching that and Tim, you have to be telling yourself going, wait a minute, what's happening right now? Well, my most bizarre moment will always be your boy hitting the jet dryer because for the life of me, I just kept like, every time I think about it, I think like, how did he hit the jet dryer? Right. And I'm talking about Juan Pablo Montoya. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That, but, it just makes like no I said. sense. But I mean, this was actually bizarre, but the jet dryer will always go down in history for me as one of the most bizarre things to ever happen in NASCAR. But a lot came out of that because we know he hit the jet dryer. They used Tide to clean up the track. Their marketing department was very quick on their feet and put out some tweets. And Brad Keselowski tweeted during the caution and we're like, wait, you have your phone in the car. So to me, that will always be the most bizarre incident in recent memory. But this situation was a little crazy because the fact that Matt Kenseth almost missed the playoffs because the ambulance was blocking the pit. Right. And that that's what makes this incident so very important. Tim, if that ambulance isn't there, that accident doesn't happen. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. and he was racing really well. So who knows what could have happened. And I know this is kind of part of racing and, and bizarre things happen, but this is crazy. This should never happen. And I, I Tim, I think you would agree with me that this kind of situation should never happen. It was just downright crazy. Everything about the end of this race was crazy. Even that caution, it kind of put me in mind of, I believe that was 2012 when there was the incident with Clint Boyer and Joey Logano. However, that all played out with the accident and Jeff Gordon ended up being in the chase because NASCAR made an exception. I felt that if Matt Kenseth did not get in the playoffs, that they should have made an exception. I mean, granted, we don't know how it would have been played out, but it just wasn't fair to him no matter how you slice it. Right, exactly. So let's jump into our top 10. We already discussed Kyle Larson came in first. That was actually his fourth win of the season. He has five total cup wins. This guy is definitely on a mission, and I believe he's a part of NASCAR's next generation, and I truly believe he is going to be next. I'm not saying he's going to win the championship this year, but Kyle Larson is smoking. Joy Logano came in second. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, Ryan Newman third. Kurt Busch was fourth. Denny Hamlin was fifth. Eric Jones came in sixth. Daniel Suarez came in seventh. Jimmy Johnson eighth. Kyle Busch ninth. And Chase Elliott came in tenth. Some notables. Junior tried his best. And I mean, at one point, he actually, I think he led, I know he led one lap, maybe he led a couple, but Junior was there, but he was on old tires and we already knew how that was going to play out. But Junior did come home in 13th place. Not bad considering the season he's had. Yeah, but he should have been running like that all season. 
Jamie McMurray came in 14th, and we discussed this earlier, Matt Kenseth came in 38th. Still, that still breaks my heart because I really thought that he had an opportunity to win, but it just didn't work out like that. Since we're talking about our top 10 and Richmond was the last regular season race, it's only right that we break down our drivers who made it into the playoffs. Who's in? We've talked about 13 of these drivers for many weeks because they've pretty much been locked in for a while. But there were three drivers who made it in on points. So without further ado, here's our 16 drivers that will be competing for a championship. Truex Jr., as in Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who I will remind you guys won two races, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Ryan Newman, Kurt Busch, Casey Kane, Austin Dillon, Matt Kenseth, and Jamie McMurray. And in that order, that's the order they are in terms of points. We already know Truex Jr. has like 58-point lead over the last playoff person, or the last driver to make it into the playoffs, which is Jamie McMurray. Well, not quite 58 points, but something like that. So the three drivers that made it into the chase that did not win a race this season are Chase Elliott, Matt Kenseth, and Jamie McMurray. Not bad, not bad. You know what? Not too shabby. I'm going to be honest with you because I know we were, we were talking about it on, on the previous podcast. I think the one thing that we were most concerned about was other than, you know, the fact that we were talking about who was going to be in, who was going to be out. And there was a lot of good names who, who still didn't get in. But I, it, I'm really glad that, that Matt Kenseth was, was able to get in only because of what had transpired in this last race at Richmond. Because I, I think if, if he didn't get in based on that alone, I mean, talk about just disappointment. I, I mean, I'll, me personally, I'd have been pissed. Yeah, I mean, it's a catch-22 because the thing is, is like, you can't wait. Like, it's it's his fault and his team's fault that he didn't win a race. Like, just be honest. It's on you that you let it come down to the last race. But then on the flip side, it is your last chance and nobody wants their chance taken away over some foolishness, something like an ambulance blocking pit road. You know what I'm saying? So it's a catch-22. On that note, though, there were some drivers I expected more from this season. Even though Chase Elliott got in the playoffs, I expected more from him. I feel bad about Joey's situation. I mean, granted, he won. His win was ruled encumbrant. But you know, it just doesn't seem right that Joy, like, I mean, I go to Vegas every year and Joy's there every year. I don't remember Joy not being I know, you, in Las you always, Vegas. You always, you always expect the 22 to be there and the number yeah. two, the, the whole team Penske. I, you expect those guys to always be there. It's just, oh, so bizarre, crazy. Now, who I expected more from as well, but I'm not necessarily disappointed with them is Clint Boyer. That one I'm torn because I expected more from him. But then I look at the fact that he switched car manufacturers. He's on a new team. I'm not mad because he actually raced well, but not well enough. So, you know, so I'm torn, but that one's kind of up in the air. So on that note, I do want to talk about our Fantastic Four and our three amigos. Yeah. For our new listeners, our Fantastic Four is a name that we came up with 
last year when we first mm-hmm. started the podcast. And our Fantastic Four includes four drivers, which are Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Austin Dillon, and Ryan Blaney. And all last year, we talked about who would win a race first, whether it would be Kyle Larson. Yeah, it was or- Larson or Chase. Our Chase Elliott, and we already know, like I said earlier, Carl Larson has already won five races. Chase Elliott has yet to do anything. The great thing about that is, guess what? All four of our Fantastic Four are in the playoffs. Austin's in, Ryan's in, and Kyle are in based on wins, and Chase is in for the second straight year based on points. Our three amigos are Daniel Suarez, Ty Dillon, and Eric Jones. None of them made it in, but I that but what I saw from them is very promising, especially oh, yeah. from Eric Jones. And 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 I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. And I know we've talked about this several of the last podcasts that we've done. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think Eric Jones is walking away with the uh, Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah, no doubt. Eric Jones has my vote as well. He definitely has my vote. I don't really see it playing out any other way, to be honest. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, I mean, because Daniel ran well, but hey, Eric, like Eric sat on the pole. I think that was the, will be the difference maker is that he actually sat on the pole. Yeah. I want to talk about Matt Kenseth as well and his future. But before we do that, I think we should talk about Dale Jr. So that's your department. What's up with Dale? How about a little Dell Jr. Uh, mania here? Uh, you know, Tim, it, it's, uh, I love talking about Dale Jr. I really do. I, I love the guy. He's, um, just an amazing person. Uh, forget that he is a great driver, but I mean, he's just a, an amazing individual. I think as a human being and, and the things that he does for the community and what he does outside of, uh, the racetrack. I'm going to tell you if, if there's any disappointment here, there's nothing short of disappointment other than the whole year that he's had. He finished 13th, and I think that that was great, and we just mentioned that a few minutes ago, but you know what? He should have been doing that all year, and I think... I kind of wish that there were more more races so that he could like maybe do something as far as like riding this 13th place that he got, but unfortunately, it was the last race, and his career is coming or has come to an end if it has already. I hate to see this guy leave. Now, a part of me is also looking forward to seeing him in the booth. Uh, because I know what kind of color and personality he'll bring to the booth with some of the other uh, ex-drivers that are already on. But you know what? He's satisfied with what he's done. As a matter of fact, the whole ambulance incident, Tam, he made a statement about that. And he was like, look, it happens. It's part of just what, what happens in racing. It's just bizarre things. But he did put the blame on NASCAR. He he said, hey, look, you know what? I, I bet NASCAR is going to take blame for that as well as they should. But they're going to wish that that never happened. And, and rightfully so. I kind of agree with him. I, you know, there's no reason why that should have happened. But it obviously was a mistake and a miscommunication between that driver of that ambulance and NASCAR officials. So regardless of what the circumstances are, that, that should have never have happened. And I already mentioned that earlier in the podcast. But as far as going back to Dale Jr., you know, he's um, he's done, but he feels good about, you know, the career he's he's left behind. And I guess his legacy of whatever it is, he still gave props to, uh, you know, his uh, crew chief who was uh, suspended for that stupid lug nut incident that happened in the race prior to this. But uh, Tim, I know you love Dale Jr. And I know, you know, you, it, it, he may not be your driver no more than he is mine, but 
it's still good to see him healthy, but it's also sad to see him leave. And I, and I know you got to feel the same way of just knowing that he's not going to be racing anymore. Uh, and for Dale Jr. fans across the world, I, be, I feel bad for them. What, now they got to pick a new driver. What are they going to do? Oh, and real quickly, Tab, speaking of Dale Jr., I want to say something about his mom. Dale Jr.'s mom, she was quoted as saying, and I quote, why risk it when you don't need to, unquote. I agree with that statement. And here's why, because, I, I would, and I understand she's looking at it from a parent's point of view, as well as any parent out there would look after your own child. So I'm assuming, Renee, you're talking about his him ending his career. This is what his mom had to say. Right, exactly. So, yeah, just to be clear. But I think she is is speaking from a regular parent's point of view. And she knows what Dale's done in his career already. He's won races. He's done a lot of things that most people would, would love to do in their own careers, whatever sport that you're in. He is the face of NASCAR, but she also knows the risk that he takes when he gets behind the wheel and in that car. And considering the concussion that he had last year, I think she's just saying that statement just to show everyone, or not even just to show him, but just to show everyone, you know, hey, you know what? I mean, he's still young. Well, he's young to me because, I mean, we're practically almost the same age. He's got a lot of life left to live. And why risk it? You know, especially considering with his father, what has happened and things that just that has gone on in his life. But he's got a lot of things to look forward to, Tam. And here's a guy who still wants to, you know, settle down and, and try to raise a family as well. You can't blame the guy. And I'm rooting for him on and off the track. I just don't know what's going to happen next year. I'm going to say it again because I say it every week. No Jeff Gordon. No Tony Stewart. No Greg Biffle. No Carl Edwards. We're looking at the possibility of no Matt Kenseth. No Casey Kane. No Danica Patrick. Again, should I wow. repeat that? Wow. I, I mean, you know what, like, I, I need you guys out there listening to understand. Granted, there was this whole nice special on Saturday. NBC did a great job talking about the changing of the guard. It happened before. It's going to happen again. But yeah, I don't know. To lose one driver here and there is fine, but we're losing too many drivers and there are too many new drivers that I don't want to say are unproven, but they're just like, oh yeah, here's William Byron. Oh, here's Alex Bowman. Yeah, it's just Oh, not, here it's is not Ty Dillon. Although Ty Dillon did have a little bit of history in Xfinity, but you know, it's just too much too soon. And the thing about it is, it's like, and I'm going to continue to ride for Matt Kenseth because I don't like the way he's being forced out. It's not like he is Tony Stewart and on a retirement tour, Dale Jr. for that matter, he's being forced out. You're forcing a champion out. No, he hasn't won a race. But I can't see, I don't understand how he doesn't have a future in NASCAR when you have all these people whether it's, and I'm gonna, I hate to say it, but a Cole Witt, a Ty Dillon, uh, what's his name? LaJoy, that Busher, all these young guys, they have cars, but you can't find a car for Matt Kenseth. Okay. I say it every week, so I'm just going to move on from that. (laughs) But the reason why we're faced with this issue is because sponsorship. Yeah. It seems to be an issue. 
And the fact that at this point it is sponsorship, but it's also we're running out of cars. Yeah. So on that note, let's talk about sponsorship because that's become a really big issue in NASCAR. We saw Kyle Larson lose his sponsorship with Target. We know Danica has no sponsorship. Right. Casey Kane. Casey Kane's lost a couple of sponsors. Daniel Suarez and just recently subway yeah. issue. I've been trying to wrap my head around that, but I'm just gonna leave it at that. Well, you know what? I, yeah, you're right. Let's just leave that alone because that's. Just I mean, if you got something just... to say, say it. But I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. No, what happened? Yeah, exactly. What's interesting on that note, we have a new issue because apparently Richard Petty Motorsports is dealing with some type of drama with. Smithfield. I don't really know what's happening with the Smithfield situation. Why? Well, I mean, I do based on what I read, but I don't have any insider insights to that. But apparently, Smithfield is taking their sponsor dollars and and expected to move to Storehouse Racing next season. Now, the problem with that is, who are they going to? What team? Ooh. Okay, but then the bigger problem is, apparently, and maybe the article was worded a little bit different, but Lee Spencer, who's a notable writer who covers NASCAR over at motorsports.com, she wrote an article that talked about what had been going on with them and that they had been sponsoring Eric Amarola and that apparently there was some type of conversation about Bubba Wallace taking over the 43, but Smithfield was like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not having it. So basically, they're not going to sponsor the 43 if Bubba Wallace is the driver. Now, that creates a problem because why aren't you going to sponsor the number 43? Bubba did more for that team in a couple of weeks that he filled in for Eric Amarola than Eric has done all season. And not to mention, Bubba is, I mean, he brings it. He has his own fan base. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't understand. So this question hit our Twitter timeline by one of our followers and listeners to the show. She tagged, or, you know, she tagged a couple of us in her question and it took a life of its own and and of course we reposted it and so many people chimed in and it was just great to see how many people supported Bubba but it was sad because everybody was like Smithfield needs to answer to why they don't want to deal with Bubba it wasn't proposed as a race issue but after probably about a hundred tweets went back and forth Somebody chimed in and was like, well, I don't think it's a race thing. And then somebody jumped in and said, well, nobody said it was a race thing. I didn't think it was a race thing. I just don't understand why they don't want to deal with Bubba. And more importantly, now we're getting to something. Let's address the elephant in the room. Why is Bubba having so many issues with sponsorship? Oh, you know what? I have no idea. That's a billion dollar question, but I would think that he would not uh, have be having this kind of a problem getting getting sponsorship. It, it's ridiculous, actually. Hey, it's a sponsorship issue that's going on in NASCAR that nobody wants to address because 
I mean, you do have some sponsors that have re-upped their agreements recently, but then for everyone that's read up, there's a bunch that's gotten out the sport. You know, there on that special that I just mentioned that NBC did, they talked about something with Kyle Petty. I believe it was like some race, something had happened way back. And I looked at Kyle Petty's car back in the day and I saw 7-Eleven and I, I tweeted, I was like, wow, Watching these old specials just remind you of how many sponsors have been in NASCAR. But it also reminds you of how many sponsors have left NASCAR. Because it's getting crazy. I, I, this is some insight that I have from speaking to someone who works at NASCAR. A lot of issues with sponsorship is that the activations are taking up a lot of the money and sponsors are like, whoa. Because most people think like, oh, it's just them sponsoring a car putting their logo on a sign, but it's so much more to that. Like if you've been to a race and I'm not talking about in the stands, I'm talking about on the other side in the infield, you have some of these brands that have full on clubs almost. I mean, you know, you saw some when we were in Daytona. I mean, even when we were in Daytona, the brand that we were with had a nice build out. Yeah, they did. You know, Jimmy Johnson came over and talked to us for a couple of minutes. But there was beer being served and all that. Oh, yeah. We got to get to a race. I was actually thinking about that. And and we'll talk offline. Renee and I will talk about it. But we got to get to some races before, not just one, but some before the season is over. But with all that being said, going back to the sponsorship, it's a lot to do activations. You know, I'm on a brand trip every other week. And I can tell you, these brands spend a lot of money, a lot for these activations, whether it's airfare, hotel, you got to eat when you get there. Yeah, exactly. Transportation to and from the activation. So there's a lot. Sponsors at this point run NASCAR. And it's sad, though, that they're dictating who's in a car. But the reality is that's just how it is. I mean, let's talk about Danica. Danica sponsored her own car this weekend. I That's crazy to me. Like she is about to launch her uh, fitness line or a line of activewear called Warrior by Danica Patrick. And it's going to be on sale at HSN. It was a great promotion because she put her own stuff on the side of her car, but it cost her. Or maybe HSN paid for it. I don't know. But the fact that she sponsored her own car was just crazy in itself. But hey, you know what? I guess it's no different than than Stuart Haas. Uh, Haas Animation or uh, Automation has been sponsoring Kurt Busch. So hey, go figure. Know. So on that note, one other thing I wanted to add: if you haven't had a chance, make sure to head over to ESPN and read Bob Pockris' article. He wrote an article about NASCAR pretty much being a mess. That wasn't his words. Those are mine. I'm paraphrasing. But he pointed out a bunch of things, including how fans seem to be confused about the playoffs. And this was one thing that I even had to look up, whether or not points were being accumulated during the playoffs. Well, not so much. I didn't have to look up that. But the fact that how is it going to play out with Martin Truex Jr. going into the playoffs with so many points. Like, will that carry him all the way to the championship? 
Is it still you win and you're in? Like, I think NASCAR could do a little bit better job in reminding fans how the playoffs work. But nonetheless, yeah, I, make sure to. I think you're right. Yeah, make sure to check out that article because it is very good. Like, I feel like this was actually come down on NASCAR <laughs> Saturday because everybody has something to say about NASCAR. And we didn't talk about it earlier, but I do want to mention. Sherry Pollux was mad at what happened with her hubby, longtime boyfriend, but you might as well say her hubby, yeah. Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> she actually tweeted, well, NASCAR, I hope you're proud, threw another BS caution and almost killed someone. Unbelievable. Embarrassing. So this is just kind of an extension to what Bob at ESPN wrote. It's a mess. Whether sponsorship the phantom caution, the ambulance blocking pit road. <laughs> it's a lot going on. I mean, you even have Dale Jr. talking crap, saying NASCAR needs to get it together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? It's just one of those bizarre instances that happened and just, you know, just made NASCAR officials look really bad. I mean, it's a human error, obviously. And obviously a miscommunication between that driver, of that ambulance, but that cannot happen that should never happen well nascar is blaming the driver but it just it just didn't make sense yeah oh you know i there was some things i'm sorry listeners there were some things i wanted to cover speaking of comments we're we're about to jump into our fan comment of the week as well as our predictions but i wanted to read some quotes from a couple of drivers they you know the drivers have a lot to say because the the microphone is in their mouth, so they talk. But um, Joy Logano, who came in second place, he had this to say. I'm just going to read it really quick. So after Richmond, he said that he said came up a little bit short overall. Yeah, it stings a little bit. Last time we were sitting here after a race, it was after a win. And this time it's after a second, as in second place, which if you look at our Richmond overall for a season, with the two races, you'd say that's pretty good, a first and a second. But just overall, obviously, it stings to come up one spot short and not be able to get into the playoffs. It is what it is. It's reality, and we'll, and we will move on. So he's referring to the fact that the one win he had this season was encumbrant at Richmond. And then he came back to Richmond and he came up one spot short because he took second when he needed to take first so he could win and be in the playoffs. That was, you know, just wanted to read that. And then also want to read what Matt Kenseth had to say. Now we know because we've talked about it pretty much the entire show. Matt Kenseth came in 38th place because the ambulance. (laughs) So he said, well... We were all just kind of coming to pit road and I saw an ambulance sitting there. And so I looked left of the ambulance at the same time and spotter Jason yelled at everyone to stop. There was an ambulance just sitting there. It was an Encardian effect and I just couldn't get stopped. Not really sure why pit road was open with an ambulance parked there, but everybody stopped and I didn't see it in time and ran into the car in front of me. Oh, so that I just wanted to read his words on the whole incident. 
Yeah. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. And lastly, I did want to read something Danica said. We just talked about her sponsoring her own car. She posted this on Instagram. She said, holy moly, I'm driving a at Warrior by Danica at HSN car. Pretty special weekend for me. I will be doing a Facebook Live at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to give you a sneak peek of my October collection. And she so she posted the link and, and said, hashtag Danica times HSN. What it sounds to me as Danica is getting ready for the next phase of her career. Yeah, I believe so, too. I think that's exactly what that is, Tim. I mean, it's perfect. It's genius. You know, why not market yourself in your clothing line? Because it'll probably sell out. As soon as it hits HSN, like I, I never talk about my job, but I've actually worked with HSN a couple of times. One of my clients, two of his clients, who are, I guess, are my clients as well, because I negotiate the deals, but they're celebrities and they both have sold products on HSN. And I've actually dealt with HSN a lot over the years. Not so much. I don't think I've done anything. I haven't done anything with them this year. I think I've worked with them three years straight between the two celebrities who have items that sell on HSN. And I I like HSN. So I wish Danica nothing but the best. As we always say on this podcast, we're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans. fans. But that doesn't mean we don't wish her luck. Okay, so let's jump into our fan comment of the week. Our fan comment of the week comes from the NASCAR Reddit board. And the question that was posed on NASCAR Reddit board, it says Smithfield leaving RPM according to motorsports.com. So this is going back to the whole Smithfield situation with them possibly, or I guess it's confirmed that they're leaving Richard Petty Motorsports at this point. Okay, so I wanted to talk about one comment in particular from the NASCAR Reddit board. There was someone, a user by the name of On Loan to Hearts. He posted, I want Danica in the number 43. Wow. You know, we had to tweet that on our Twitter account and said, really? And here's why. Do you not understand what you just said? Do you not understand the words that you typed in the keyboard? I can't say the words coming out of your mouth because they <laughs> typed it. But do you not understand? Okay, let me just back up for all of you who are out there. And I already know you guys know where I'm going with this. But wasn't it Richard Petty who said Danica will never win a race? Yeah. Remember they yeah, had exactly. a little back and forth? So why would you say you want Danica in the number 43? And he wasn't joking. He was dead serious. Or she was dead serious. Boy, the things that people say on Twitter and social media in general is just amazing. (laughs) Well, some other comments. I just had to point that one out. Some other comments were Kurt Busch with Smithfield. That should be interesting to see. I don't think that would be interesting to see. But nonetheless, whatever. Then I read someone wrote Eric was rumored to go to the 10. I don't want to see that because I feel like Matt Kenseth should go to the number 10. Or if anything, I would like to see Bubba in the number 10, but not over Matt Kenseth. Like I'm torn because I need to see Bubba 
race next year, but I need Mackenzie to stay. Right. Uh, let's see who else. What else? Um, so somebody writes, maybe we can get an advertisement with him tenderizing some Smithfield product by punching them while having a picture of various reporters on them. I think they were referring to Kurt Bush, but I feel like that should have been more of a Kyle Bush comment for whatever reason. <laughs> Let's see. I don't even want to read that one because that has so many cuss words in it. Somebody says, holy S-H-I-T, do I want Bush on Kurt's car? I don't know what that one's about. I'm just reading these comments at random, so forgive me. Uh, let's see. Wouldn't Smithfield be somewhat of an indirect competitor for Jimmy John's? Isn't Jimmy John's sandwiches? Okay, how is that? This is like the whole Dunkin' Donuts subway thing. I don't know about that one. There was one comment I found funny because, you know, Smithfield sells a lot of pork. Like, that's what they, their thing is pork. And someone was arguing the fact that she shouldn't endorse them because she's endorsing fitness and it just didn't make sense. I don't know. Then there's a pretty lengthy comment that talks about Daniel has won six times in the camping world. Five of those coming from driving Kyle Busch motorsports equipment. And he's had 14 top fives, 23 top tens, and that Rouse is not the powerful juggernaut it once was. And teams like Junior Motorsports, Joe Gibb Racing, and Penske routinely outclass their equipment. To see him pull the stats that he did at Rouse, then for some confusing reason, pull him when he was fourth in the standings. At the time, it's confusing. Well, we all know that he was didn't have sponsorship. So right. then the commenter goes on to say he's no Jimmy Johnson. There can only ever be one Jimmy Johnson that won 84 races so far and seven titles so far. But there is no denying that if he is given the top tier equipment, Bubba Wallace is a monster on the track. Give him the opportunity and let his performance on track do the talking. I think I should just leave it at that because... I was just about to say, well said. Yeah, there's nothing else to say. One other commenter writes, very limited to no success, question mark. He has six truck wins, was running fourth in the Xfinity Championship a third of the way through the year and ran better in his first ever starts in a cup car than the driver for whom he was substituting for. I will definitely drop the mic on that one because that just goes to my point. Bubba did more for Richard Petty in those little few races than Eric has the whole entire time he's been in a car. So there he bought go. bravado, he bought publicity, and he raced well. So we need to keep continuing to ask the question, why isn't this guy in a cup car? And why, not so much even why is he not in a cup car, but what is the problem? Why is it so hard for him to get sponsorship? Million dollar question right there, Tam. You know, and then this is when people start to look at race because what what is the problem? Okay, I'm going to leave that alone and we're going to jump into some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. We are racing in Chicago. Renee, who you got? Oh, Chicago it is. It obviously has come down to the point where I guess we don't have to uh, root for guys who need a win, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you, 
I see Martin Truex Jr. winning this hands down. This guy is just hot, and he's hot as in mad after what happened this past weekend. So I see Martin Truex running away with the checkered flag. And you know what? My dark horse, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch as my dark horse. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, Martin Truex Jr., I see him winning that race. That's my predictions, and I'm sticking to him. That's Renee's picks, and he's sticking to them. Well, before I give you my picks, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. So we only race once a year in Chicago. The Cup and the Xfinity Series has been racing there since 2001. So our past 10 winners have included Tony Stewart, won in 2007, Kyle Busch, 2008, Mark Martin, 2009, David Rootman in 2010, Tony Stewart won in 2011, Brad Keselowski 2012, Matt Kenseth in 2013, Brad Keselowski 2014, Denny Hamlin 2015, and Martin Truex Jr. in 2016. Some notable patterns that I see. Clearly, Kyle Busch is a winner. Kyle Busch has won, shoot, he's won in the Xfinity Series at least four times at Chicago. And in the Cubs series, it looks like he's only won once. And that lone solo win came in 2008. Kevin Harvick has won twice. And he hasn't won in Chicago since 2001. And he won back-to-back 2001 and 2002. Wow, I kind of think I remember that, which is interesting. Maybe I don't remember it. Or maybe I saw some specials when he won, when he, you know took over for senior. I don't know why I kind of vaguely remember that win for whatever reason. But with all that being said, Brad Kozlowski's also won twice in Chicago. So without further ado, my picks, I feel like I am going to go with Martin Truex Jr. because Martin is mad. I think he can pull off a back-to-back win in Chicago. And my dark horse... I'm going to pull this one out of my hat. You know who I'm going to pick? Who's that? I feel like Jimmy Johnson is about to turn it on. He normally does around this time of the year, Tam. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, he hasn't won in Chicago. He actually won in Chicago in 2001 in the Xfinity Series. Wow. It's interesting. We never talk about Jimmy running in the Xfinity Series because he didn't (laughs) run too many races. But he did run at Chicago in 2001, and he won. And I think he's, I I know, he's my dark horse. So those are my picks. And there you go. Those are Tab's picks. Those are my picks. If you have your predictions, why don't you send them to us? And uh, you can find us across the board at Turns No Breaks. Hit us up on our social media. We'd love to hear from you. And we always appreciate you guys listening in and tuning in to us each and every week on All Turns No Breaks. For Tam and myself, if there's anything that you can do for relief efforts to Houston and Florida, please do so. I am going to try to do the same as putting the show together to raise money and uh, food and clothing. And anything that you can do for those people, please do so. Keep them in your uh, thoughts as well. And you know what? For Teb and myself, be kind to each other, and we will see you here again next week. And before I say bye-bye, Renee's talking about he's putting together a comedy show. Right. I am putting together a comedy show. That is correct. So on that note, bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 